the big wireless companies sold you an outdated plan tied to long-term contracts and mystery fees. Simple Mobile's different. You get a lightning-fast 4G LTE nationwide network with no contract, ever. And keep the phone and number you love. Just text the word BYOP to 611611 to see if your phone is compatible. Simple Mobile. Out with the old, in with the simple. Standard text message and data rates may apply based on your mobile phone service. Please refer always to the privacy policy at simplemobile.com slash privacy policy and the terms and conditions at simplemobile.com slash terms and conditions. Nobody's ever complained about my tongue. I can't sell war without my best sales. Right. Welcome to an all new episode of Talking American Gods. Boy, I forgot how intense last week was, and somehow it, that felt pretty, uh, pretty amazing in terms of the lead up into this week's show, which was the Beguiling Man. Um, got a, a whole lot of awesome questions that I know I am dying to find out uh, how Kinte and Yardley feel about. So. Let's introduce Kinte and Yardley. Yardley, are you there? Yeah, I'm, I'm here. I was just wondering if I was coming in clear or not. You're coming in super clear. Yeah, everything's good on my end. I look forward to the, the second show of the season, and, uh, you know, everything's good. Awesome. Kinte, are you there? Let's. Yes, I'm here, and I'm looking forward to uh, talking about this episode, The Beguiling Man. Uh, it makes me think so, of that uh, Plant Eastwood movie. Uh, oh, we're good. Let's press on. All right, let's press on. I'm good. That's uh, you know. Speaking of, the, I forgot that that actually the the Clint Eastwood did one. There was a remake not that long ago of that exact same title with uh, Nicole Kidman and somebody else. And boy, you know, now that you mention that, that's a great tie-in. <clears throat> because some of the things that we saw in the beguiling band truly have some uh interesting uh parallels there so tell me but first i want to go to yardley because something that uh that i noticed about the beguiling man altogether was that it really <coughs> seems like they are deviating from the book quite a bit in a lot of different ways and i wanted to sort of get your opinion on how well you think they're doing that well, I think one of the things that we discussed in the previous 
season was, of course, the extended roles of characters like Laura Moon or um, Mad Sweeney. Now, of course, when you get actors who I think that both of them, um, both of the actors that play those characters, I think that they're that they're you know they're pretty good actors. So I can understand how you definitely have to provide content um, to kind of highlight their talents. You've got them on the payroll. At the same time, I also understand that most people who watch the show probably didn't read the books. So I think that they have some liberties that they can take on that. But I think for the most part, um, kind of extending the roles of those characters way past. I mean, they've probably done more stuff in the first, what, few episodes of last season <laughs> than they did in the entire book. Um, you know, you and I both were making those points. So I think it's a good thing for general audiences. Uh, so far, I don't know if I can you know, really give a complete opinion on how good it's going to go until the end of this season, but um, I don't really have any issues with it because I think that these characters are way more interesting on the show than they are in the books. Yeah, I I think I completely agree. I, I also think that just in terms of the added content, the added uh, dialogue, the added scenes that they put in, they never seem to be just there for fluff content. They always seem very pointed, very directed, very important to the story. So I, I, I feel like they're doing a great job with that adaptation. And I know, Kinte, I know you haven't seen or read the, uh, the book itself, but how are you feeling in terms of the, the content altogether? Do you feel like there's too much fluff happening? Do you feel like the beguiling man was maybe, uh, was it a good, powerful backstory or was it not enough of the action that we need to see to get the story going? Because that was one complaint that I heard. Um, I thought it was a, a pretty good episode uh, for the most part. Uh, one thing you can kind of see, they've made certain choices you could tell were budgetary. You know, like the way that they handled some of the uh, on-screen action or lack of on-screen action, uh, where mm -hmm. you felt like, oh, okay, they saved money there, or you know, stuff like that. I hate to even you know focus too much on it, but um, yeah, uh, can you guys hear me? Okay. Yep. Oh, okay, that's weird. Uh, uh, Yardley says he can't hear me, but he can hear you, I guess. Hmm. Mm, I can hear you. Yeah. Um, okay, uh, well, tell Yardley to refresh. Maybe that'll correct it. Uh, can you hear me, Bobby, in the chat room? <clears throat> Yardley, hop out of the chat and come on back in. Yeah, but I, I don't know. I, I think it, I find it, uh, interesting, though, um, that this episode, they really, I thought that, you know, the, through the torture scenes and we didn't, I guess we didn't, um, say that they actually added a new god oh he can't get back in my bad that's right he's locked locked uh, sorry about that um they they um put in a new god and the, that god is uh mayhem. <laughs> <laughs> mayhem okay now okay now mr town is in the book right oh, okay uh and his role is is quite interesting in fact i i they deviated a bit uh, in terms of how they sort of introduced Mr. Town and what he did, but it, it was still, he, I feel like he's a good Mr. Town. I definitely think he is. And you're right. 
Mr. Mayhem. I, I, after I saw it, it took me a moment to see that he was Mayhem, and once I saw it, I couldn't unsee it. So, yeah. <laughs> yeah, that that is so funny. That guy has done so much in his career, and he is going to be known as Mayhem, <laughs> you know? <laughs> so yeah but that that's funny though but no i i um i thought that uh i thought that he he was very good as he always is he's he's a solid actor now uh, let me ask uh i'm gonna ask this yardly um because one of I, I should actually i should have led in with this and i'm so sorry that i didn't but it segues into what i'm about to say so we heard that american gods has now been picked up for a third season which is pretty amazing news just in relation to what we heard from last week, which was the sort of plummet in ratings from the last season. And I think it sort of speaks to what we were all saying about how they probably pre-forecasted a drop in the ratings before things got ramped back up again. And I know I complained that I didn't see a whole lot of advertising, but all of a sudden American gods is everywhere so it does seem like they are trying to pick things back up again but one of the uh one of the interesting uh i don't even know if i would call it a criticism one of the interesting things that i heard uh that people were sort of not so sure about with this episode was that nobody expected to hear odin's voice uh on it so commandingly inside of this episode and so i'm i will get there in terms of what happened but i was wondering from you yardley what kind of situations do you have where american gods feels like maybe they don't live up to the potential that they have like are they revealing too much or are they not revealing enough because for me when i heard this person talk about uh all of a sudden putting the pieces together and thinking oh i know what's gonna happen it made me think uh something very similar that i hear a lot of fans talk about when they say uh things get too contrived too fast but in american gods I wonder if the fans truly understand how complicated the story is. And I'm going to you because I know that you already know what the source material is and how complicated it sort of is in terms of what the final story is going to be. And do you think they unraveled it well enough in this episode? You know what? I can see how people can be surprised about how much stuff was actually packed in the first couple of episodes. You know, part of me kind of feels like, okay, seeing is that we know that we're probably close to some big things happening on the TV show. I feel like they must really have some heat left, you know, towards the back end of the season. Because mm-hmm. it does like they're kind of barreling through things pretty fast. So um, my heart is hoping that, okay, obviously we really haven't seen anything yet. If, it, you know, if we're to the point where we're going to have, um, both of these forces kind of colliding with each other. Then on the other hand, it would be really disappointing if that wasn't the case because they have unpacked a, a decent amount of stuff. I don't know if I want to say that I was surprised um, that they were going to, that they were doing that, but I would say that I'm a little bit more, uh, Well, you know what? I will say that I'm surprised. I'm surprised that a lot of the stuff that happened in the first two episodes aren't going to be happening in the next two. 
You, you see what I'm saying? Mm -hmm. Yeah. So, so I mean, I mean, you feel me, Kente? I mean, do you yeah. have, did that even come out right? No, no, it came out really. Yeah, yeah. Um, just from you know, I didn't read the book, but a lot of people who read the book, like I have, I have one friend who she talked about this book like ten years ago. You know, uh, and nice. so, and she was saying to me that they, she was surprised about what point they're in, you know, and she wants to like, you know, she wants so bad to tell me everything. And I'm like, nope, nope, nope. <laughs> <laughs> you know, like, I was like, nope, you know, but, um, it's, it's very interesting. Um, I wonder though, you know, just thinking outside the box is the fan base of the TV show fan base. Uh, is it, more book fans who are happy that this material is made into a TV show, or is it more people who just are discovering the material via uh, the stars show? I, I mean, based on what you guys seen in the groups and stuff. You mean, and well, not necessarily. Are you saying in our group? Or in, in, our, in our group and also online, um, are, are they tend to be people who read the book who are not, who are now watching the show, or people who are not uh, who haven't read the book? I'll let Jen answer the question about the group, but as far as like generally online, it seems like the most vocal people are the people who people read the book. But mm. a, a lot of people who commented on it, because you, you know how when you're looking at the comment sections, you know, some people are like, Hey, you know, I think the show's great. And that's their comment. <laughs> you know what right, I mean? Right. Or, but the person who, anybody who types on a Facebook page or something like that, more than three sentences on the show, they probably read the damn book. You know what I mean? Like the average person is <laughs> right. going to get to the point, you know, of what it is, but um, I'll, I have to defer to Jen in the group though. Well, it, it seems to me, just because I follow a lot of stuff on Twitter, right, it seems to me like there are two uh, very functionally divided groups uh, that are American Gods fans. One is uh, and are the people who are basically Neil Gaiman fans, mm. and they have read everything that he has written, and they are diehard sort of supporters in terms of his fictional world's altogether um then there are the people who simply watch stars found american gods for whatever reason and decided hey this is a a pretty good show now one thing i will say though is that when the show was first airing uh back uh two years ago we were getting signups every single day from people and now you know even with the second season in full swing it's still one maybe every other week about three days four mm. days i mean i think we've had like three in the past kind of two days or so um but it's small and i think that the reason that it's small is because again you know just going back to what we said but the but the fans who are the neil game and fans they're already involved they're already invested getting the people who just watch stars to come back to this that seems to be a little bit more problematic and and they don't seem to mind at all that anything is upside down getting told too fast getting told too slow like for them i think the pacing seems just about right for the people who have read american gods there is so much sort of behind the scenes whispering about how fast are they going to do this and what does that mean for the rest of the uh for the rest of the story does it mean that in season three they're going to do something 
outside of the scope of the book or does it mean that they've got sort of everything timed because they do have the addition of all the extra characters and all the different roads to go down that we are seeing now the addition of the mad sweeney and laura moon stories the um just the additions that we saw in the last seasons and also these flashback pieces that could be a little bit more central this season that's what people seem to think so did that answer the question for you kente no it, it does very much um and um, I, I know we're going to talk about the, the flashbacks um, as well. And um, also, uh, I see that you put in the notes about the director of the episode as well. I, I, I put I put the director in the notes for the episode just because I have seen him, or I have seen his work, I should say, uh, from Westworld and from, uh, I think it was Hannibal. And the, the reason that it's interesting is because what I was thinking was, you know, there is still sort of an orbit around Brian Fuller that's happening. So even though Brian Fuller isn't directly uh, in- incorporated into every single episode, there's enough talent around Brian Fuller and the kinds of people that he would hire that I think keeps the show in a pretty good line of excellence. And I, I feel like that's important to mention because I have heard people even just in the, in this episode sort of bemoan the fact that it doesn't feel like the old American gods anymore. It's very um, different, it feels yeah. like, yeah, it feels like a totally different mm-hmm. narrative being told. And, you know, I, I can't disagree, but from a production standpoint, it still feels pretty on point but i i can't argue with the fact that the narrative does feel really different do you guys feel the same way yeah i think we touched on that a little bit in the last episode it definitely does feel different i mean i just think that the setup and the way that they do things is a little bit different but you know i got pretty invested in the show in the first season the break didn't really help because it wasn't like, you know, I don't, I don't think that I was going back rewatching season one a lot. I actually ran across a, mm. a great deal on iTunes where uh, about a month or two ago, they actually had the, the full first season for like five bucks. Oh, wow. And, um, I, yeah, exactly. I, I would definitely go and, you know, check it out. It was like five bucks. So I, I bought it and I started rewatching the first few episodes and, um, it's amazing how those episodes seem to draw you in a little bit more, at least for me, than I feel about about this one. It just seems like the beginnings of the episode. Well, well, remember last year, weren't they doing the uh, the flash forward things, or what were they doing in the first season? I can't remember. It was the way that they were telling the okay. story. It was a little bit. Um... Oh my so gosh! In, in the first season, in the first season, they really, uh, they really focused on the story and that added uh, additional depth and uh, and a kind of introduction to some of the gods in a way that we hadn't seen before it didn't have to be included in the narrative it was a hundred percent just what's a good word there was a lot of continuity to it because we were meeting the gods sort of in their environment if you will remember death when we met death Mm -hmm. um and what that story kind of looked like but that was a coming 
And so we don't have those coming to America stories so far. Although I would sort of argue that the beguiling man is maybe an attempt to do a little bit of that because shoving to America felt a little too... Uh, no, not too. That's the wrong way to say it. It felt very reminiscent of what they've to try to frame of mind. I, I, I think there's a case to be made, however, for the smaller vignettes feeling like they had some substance to them that this sort of feels like it's part of the wider uh, narrative and it doesn't feel quite uh, astounding about yeah, the no. gods themselves. This feels much more story related. Yeah, exactly. You said that very well. Because to be honest with you, some of the gods that we were introduced to in episode one, I would have loved to have seen a coming America story for those characters. Right. Yes. You know what I mean? And and now that we've touched on right. this, I think that that was one of the major things that I feel like is missing right. from this because I'm like, you know, I, I'm like drooling, waiting for the throwback and nothing happens. And I'm like, oh, this is just as linear as it can get. So obviously there's a purpose behind it. Now, um, let yeah, me I like can I, let me ask uh, Yardley a question specifically. Uh, I I thought those were done. And uh, uh, Jen, I'm gonna ask Yardley a question real quick. Um, that scene where Mr. Nancy and Mr. Wednesday is in the car, and he's the talking, chicken. Yeah, <laughs> did you think that he was? About, I thought he was about to eat it. <laughs> well, it, it was funny. First of all, you know that that was all. Um, what's the actor's name uh, Orlando uh, yeah Orlando. Orlando you know that that was that that was because you know he got a writing credit oh episode. I didn't know that I didn't and that that that's Orlando. all him bro okay. yeah that that's totally I mean Kenta you know that was all him you know what I mean <laughs> like but it, it was funny I was with you I thought that he was gonna eat it and I was just ready to shake my fucking head and be like you know what Nah, but, <laughs> nah, but it was and to me it was funny because it's I hilarious. actually did Watched that scene twice, and I and it was kind of <laughs> great when he throws the bucket out in the time. Uh, oh, was the, the Green Book Part Two? <laughs> <laughs> well, that and then also the um, Are you going to fold the map, or are you going to fuck? That, <laughs> that was, was hilarious. That was another. That, that was another great scene. But isn't this another example of things that they're doing a lot differently? From last season, you would yeah. you wouldn't have had those types no, of scenes. Not at uh, all. Last season, you so, wouldn't have had it. Uh, you wouldn't have had it. it I, does, mean, I know there is a it, spinoff with Mister Nancy, but I would love to. I, I, that's I, the I, Anansi boys. The, yeah, the Nancy boys. I, I, you know, I really like his character a lot. I could, I, I would watch a spinoff of uh, of him as Mister Nancy for sure. Yeah, he's uh, got some. He, he's got charisma. So when we were talking about death, uh, someone had mentioned that. Uh, did I see a preview for next week where we were going to see those characters? Or am I tripping? I thought that I saw. Which one was the one that was wearing the glasses? Um, sorry, I, I don't have the. Um, mm, the I I didn't, yeah, I didn't see. Remember, that. Yeah, that's, remember that, there was, there, that Anubis was the, and. That was the Undertaker. Yeah, the Undertaker. Right, right, right. I actually, I thought that I saw that we might be seeing him in the next episode, and that's going to make me happy. I really did like that character from the previous season. Yeah, you know what it, it feels like is like they have all these toys to play with, 
you know, <laughs> and they're just, you know, they got, you know, they're lining them up and, you know, playing uh, Toy Soldier. And- well, 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 before before we move on, though, I just have to ask y'all, though. So with the announcement of the third season, mm-hmm. and we're already talking about how they're, you know, they're, they're keeping certain things from the source material, obviously, but we know that they're kind of taking things in different directions to kind of get to the same places that we're familiar with in the book. But when we were mentioning pacing, I'm sitting here thinking, I mean, I totally think that season three is just going to be some shoot from the hip. (laughs) You know what I mean? Like, I don't know. I really don't have any idea where they're going to go with the pacing that they have now in a season three. I mean, it, it just seems... I don't know. I think that season three might be the most different of all of the seasons because I think everybody's well, going to be getting. If if it's the setup, if season three is the setup for what they decide to do with the uh, or how they would uh, would ultimately have a segue for Mister Nancy and uh, Anansi boys as a as a as a narrative direction for American Gods to go. I can see that they would have to spend quite some time setting that up because you can't just immerse people into that world and expect them to know what. I feel like that would almost be uh, disingenuous on the part of the writers because it's uh, that that is pretty complicated going on there. Um, can I let me ask this question? Um, do you think that the new showrunner? I mean, it's only been two episodes, so it's probably unfair to even ask this question. Um, I, I had the feeling that Brian Fuller really had a, a good understanding of the material. It, you know, like he understood. I think he understood how to bring it to, you know, to the screen. Based on these first two episodes, do you think they have a as good of a read on the material as um, as Brian Fuller? And they weren't on the staff right uh, last year. Or last season. Yeah. yeah. I mean they 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 Funny. weren't and I don't I don't think that they have a better understanding and also the with the announcement it was saying that they were gonna have new showrunners again. Yeah, the a third season. one. That's the yeah. this, this is so, the kind of material you need. That doesn't give yeah. you a lot of faith. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. This this is a this is the kind of material you really need continuity, man. Well, okay. Mm-hmm. Uh, it, it depends, though, right? Because, okay, so the the first thing to remember about American Gods altogether is that is that the, this story is being told as a, although they've made plenty of departures, it is mostly based on the source material of the book, American Gods. So we know basically what we know, sort of what journey we're on already with it. There, of course... There's plenty of different those adaptations into sort of get into means, but the story itself is going to remain the story itself. Where it gets fuzzy is because, and I hate to say it this way because, God, I love Brian Fuller, but he is an entity unto, and I, I think about him in a lot of different ways as being sort of a one of a kind type of person. So in a, in a very similar way, I would, I don't even know if I would hazard to walk 
that was uh, Hannibal related that wasn't Brian Fuller at this point because I rely on his vision to get that point across. And here, yeah, you're you're breaking it's up. It's a little uh, Jen, the Brian's is Jen, so interconnected right now with our understanding of Jen. American God. Hello, Jen. Can you hear me, Jen? Uh oh. Yeah, there she go. All right. Sorry about that technical uh, difficulties. Uh, Jen is coming back, uh, and she was uh, she was making a good point too. Uh, yeah, I can't wait to hear her finish uh, finish her finish her thought. But let me ask you something, Kinsey. Like as far as how we're talking about, they're taking you know some of these characters in it. You know, they're kind of expanding their roles on a TV show as opposed to what mm-hmm. uh, their roles were in the book with the focus that they've made in the first two episodes on Laura moon and her deteriorating. Do you feel like there won't be a Laura moon in the third season? Like Uh, granted, we've only got two episodes, but one of the highlights that they've had is over the last few weeks, uh, since they've all been together, you know, now you've got more flies are actually showing the flies on her and they're really making a point to talk about how she stinks and all of this type of thing. Do you think that they can drag that character out with the rules that they've set in this universe into a third season? Um, no, I, I really have a feeling like this is going to give that ending um, at some point in the I think it's going to be like in the finale where she passes on. Uh, I don't see her. uh staying on past this season and he and i think his her death is going to be some sort of um uh, some sort of way to push his character forward um yeah yeah now th- I now i just want to let people know this is not a spoiler we don't know what's going to happen so this is just me guessing uh we're talking about american gods uh we're talking about Sh- uh, shadow moon's uh wife and jen you were making a great point um before you got a little discombobulated uh, uh about brian fuller uh, uh, the, the only can you hear me better now is it am yeah. i doing okay or yeah you sound fine so far let's see Hopefully. Um, the, the only thing that I was saying is just that the, the experience that we're having right now, I think is it's hard to pull apart what the Brian Fuller experience is and what the American God's experience is, because the American God's experience, I think, could be told without Brian Fuller. But we've gotten spoiled by Brian Fuller. And so this is what we have now. And it and I think, you know, in some ways it is a little bit more difficult to adjust to this particular narrative format because it doesn't feel as sensational might be the way to say it uh over the top there's there is a lot of over the top pieces to the american god season one that we just don't see in season two i don't think it makes it not a good story it just makes it different in terms of the adaptation yeah yeah i I can agree i can agree with that yeah i mean but like I said, time will tell and we'll see. Now, Jen, I don't think that you had an opportunity when you were getting, um, you know, before you left and came back in. Uh, we were just talking about Laura Moon a little bit. And um, I know that you do have a section in the show notes about that. But what I was wondering is with the with the rules that they have set for her character and her death and how her body is deteriorating. I was wondering, feeling that this season might be her swan song, because I, I don't. 
you know, they really made a point to point out how she's smelling worse. And that now you've got the flies being animated, you know, around her character. <laughs> and whatnot. So the, the rules that they have established is kind of telling me that she's not going to, you know what I mean? That like, she's going to, Matt Sweeney's essentially going to have his coin back by the end of the season. Well, and I think he may, but even if he does, we heard Odin pretty specifically to Laura for this to go. And that to me didn't seem like an arbitrary piece of conversation that felt very directed toward Laura you know, hey, maybe there yes. might be a way for you to come. Well, and also, I think the whole Mad Sweeney kind of, you know, telling her about there's a way that she can come back to life. I think that that's something. And there were actually some overhead shots. You remember when um, Odin and Anansi are in the um, when they're in that car and they're riding. It was actually during the the um, the map scene where he was saying he was going to fuck the map instead of trying to figure out how to fold it. That overhead view when they panned in was a spot that Laura Moon had gotten killed in because the court, the, the Raven was there. It was the exact same, um, right. The, the cornfield, it was the same shot, which was interesting. So I it, that it's it's hard to tell. In the, sometimes it's hard to tell in those shots, whether, uh, whether that's, we're supposed to be experiencing the understanding that Mr. Town and Mr. World know where they are and understand yeah. or have a forget sort of a, a, a understanding of not just, where everybody is but also just of the of the layout of the geography yeah. of the every you know. yeah and um what did y'all feel about the fact that they were talking about one of the things that they pointed out about laura moon was they essentially said that she's shadow's bodyguard like that 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 is her role do y'all think that uh that's essentially it or do you think that that's pretty uh too much of a dumb down of what her role is going to be moving forward I, you know, I didn't like it, but uh, uh, I I don't think that I, I really don't believe that that's going to be the, what it ends up being just that. But um, I mean, in this episode, you can't argue with that because she uh, she basically essentially that's what she was. You know, she ultimately uh, was, you know, she she did a, a Michael Myers. If you've seen uh, Halloween 2018. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, yeah, she did do a lot of uh, a lot of great stuff. But another thing that that we're seeing with that character is the fact that she's getting weaker, though she's right. not as strong. So I do like how they're showing that she's degrading, like you know, over time. The opposite of your favorite show, The Walking Dead, <laughs> right? She's yeah. When she dropped that that uh, car on uh, Matt Sweeney's foot, that was hilarious, uh, man. Uh, yeah, that was yeah. She is. It, either they're gonna, you know, come pull a rabbit out the hat with her character, which I don't think is necessary. They could let that character go, um, or you know, which I think, I think, I think what I think is gonna happen is it's gonna look like they're gonna be able to save her, and then she's not. They're not gonna be successful. I think that's what's gonna happen. Okay. And, and okay. I haven't read that's, the book, so, so I, this ain't based on knowing the great... book or something. This is this is a great segue into let's talk about Shadow. Uh-huh. So in terms of how Shadow came to America, in terms of how Shadow presented in this episode coming to America, I'm really curious. The, the one 
piece in this entire episode that everybody was talking about and that everybody was freaking out about is perhaps the one piece that seemed significant to me in terms of a reveal because I feel like duh we understood um of it. Oh, you mean that? You mean that brothers don't like? But the rest of what? Are you are you referring to brothers in the hood don't like uh, black people from France? True. <laughs> <laughs> I, I mean, okay. I, I'm. I'm. Listen. Listen, I'm I I'm totally willing to entertain anything on Shadow's behalf at this point. <clears throat> no, it was when when the mom was in the doctor's uh, mm-hmm. and and he was trying to figure out the coin trick, and whose voice? Uh oh, we're losing you again, Jen. Yeah, yeah you, you might you might want to. Uh... I, I think. Well, what do you think she was asking? Like, who we thought that was? I I just assumed that it was. Oh, you know, that it was Odin Wednesday or whatever. So, I mean, that was my whole take from it. Yeah, I, I felt like they were doing kind of a Lostian type thing, where you know he's been in your life all, the whole time. You know, like exactly. Yeah. <laughs> That's yeah. what I was figuring. Like, like something from so, Lost or something like that. I don't know if Jen is going to pull a you know a rabbit out of the hat and be like, hey, you know, I have another theory of who that was. But for me, I I kind of wanted to feel like they were trying to make it offhandedly um, obvious. <laughs> you know what I mean? The coin and right. You now the voice was a little bit different, but you know, we all know that they can do a lot of different things. But that was what I got out of it for the most part. Yeah. Um, yeah, I think that's where it's ultimately going. Uh, all right, so we got Jen back. Can you hear me okay now? There you go. All right, let's try this. Uh-huh. Um, so, okay, so I do have another theory, and I was able to hear everything that you guys were saying. My my theory specifically is that Shadow, it, just by definition of who he is and what he can do, and remember what I said last week about how in the world did shadow get into odin's head shadow's not a god but what could shadow be if he is if he has questionable or he doesn't know about his own parentage uh and it's a visit from a god what could Mm. that possibly mean I mean, I'm I'm gonna throw that out there to you guys so that I'm not the only one alone thinking this. No, uh, I'm okay. I'm gonna let you take it first, Kente. She kind of broke up on my end. Yeah, um, I'll say that one thing is that they found another DeBarge brother to play Young Shadow. Uh, that was, <laughs> but uh, <laughs> Frenchie DeBarge, right? Frenchie DeBarge. Yeah. <laughs> Um, I know we were basically saying though, like I feel we feel like it's one they're doing one of those Lostian type things where it's going to turn out that uh, that Mr. Wednesday was always in uh, Shadow's life, you know. So uh, I, I, I disagree. Is in or Wednesday was always in Shadow's life. Uh-huh. I think I think I think he has been there, uh, or he has seen him on and off. But what? But what do you think that could mean? 
I mean, if he's in his life on and off and somehow knows where to find him, I mean, am I the only one who saw Percy Jackson? Yeah, I didn't see that. Yeah. <laughs> absolutely the only one who saw Percy Jackson. Okay, that was the wrong question, apparently. Okay, so to me, clearly Shadow is a demigod. Clearly. Uh, oh, that he had, oh, that he's the father? Yes. Oh, no. There's the, there's the everything. There's oh, the snow. There, that's there's right, the huh? everything, right? I mean, all the clues go right there. There is absolutely, <laughs> to me, there that. is no other way. Yeah, well, and also, you remember they had that scene between Shadow and his mother when she was, like, you know, on her deathbed, so to speak, and then he's doing the coin, and then she looks at the coin, and she just smiles at him. So I think that they do give a shitload of clues in this episode. They do. They definitely do. More more so that, and that's one of the reasons, like I said, that the people who have read American Gods are going, oh my god, slow down, what the heck, what are you doing, what are you doing? But it, I think it really makes a whole lot of sense. It, it does. There's, yeah, and, and especially if they're going to move forward as quickly as I think they're going to move forward. Well, and Jen, and also on the other side, uh, you know, in the book, Shadow Moon's mother was a mystery so like when i saw this episode i was like oh hell you know we're finally gonna get introduced in a little bit more of an extended capacity this uh this character that you know you you wonder about in the books and i I thought that this was a pretty great introduction to the to the character but i think that they gave a lot of nod to a lot of clues of certain things going on and uh yeah, I mean, what did y'all think about Frenchie DeBarge? I mean, did y'all think that the actor who played the young Shadow Moon pulled it off? Yeah, he was good. He he was good. Um, you know, I I really enjoyed the um, the flashbacks, though. Uh, you know, it's a uh, I, I like the way that they integrated them within the the scenes. And um, no, I thought the actor did a pretty good job, Frenchie DeBarge. <laughs> That's hilarious. Yeah, I did too. I, I I also think that Shadow's mom was just the right amount of uh, of being of giving what we think Shadow had as a really good classical education. Somebody who knows a whole lot more than they let on that they know, and yet also has this unbelievable capacity for uh, empathy and care that that it sometimes is feels a little disconnected because the character shadow is so cold and so we don't often see that but we can tell that uh, as a youth he definitely had a lot of uh, uh, just a lot of care all around for a lot of different people situations he understood a lot he was well read there's some really good clues in terms of who shadow is as a as a not just as a character but sort of as a uh, as the person inside of the character which is quite interesting i i really did like what they did with this uh with the i'm gonna call it a backstory i mean i i feel like it's not as much of a backstory as we're sort of used to but it it definitely gave us depth into who shadow is I can definitely agree with that. Um, those moments were probably my favorite moments uh, of the show. I, I do like the fact that, as you were mentioning, um, Shadow is well-traveled, you know, educated. And, you know, they actually had a sequence where he was, um, what was he reciting? He was reciting, was it the um, 
he was reciting something where his mom basically reminded him say yeah all of that's good but except you're not french what 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 was uh, shadow saying to her before she reminded him oh, of the other half of uh, who he was yeah shoot and i oh well, you know no, well, I mean, no worries i mean it's 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 not that if big you would have asked me, I swear, an hour ago, I probably would have remembered. I just watched it again. Oh, you mean when they were on the boat? Yeah, well, when he was yeah. reciting that stuff, and she was like, you know, all of that is good, except you're not French. She was basically giving him a reminder of, right. you know, another thing of like, hey, who you are, where you're at, you know, and the things that you know he needs to needs to recognize that essentially, you know, everywhere. You know, everywhere is different. So there are going to be different um, circumstances and different things that you that you go through. And, you know, it, it's so true. And obviously, as he got older, you know, he was able to see that. But I do like the way that the actress kind of conveyed some of the realities of people who were born in America who are black. Um, she just had to kind of, you know, check him on <laughs> what he thinks is real, so to speak. Yeah, right. And 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 also uh, just just sort of as an extension, I also really liked the idea uh, of Mr. Town bringing to the front all of the insecurities that Shadow had, all of the uh, all of the absolute uh, hmm. insecurities. Probably the best word, but I think it's more than insecurity. It's the failures, basically, of Shadow's life, or the failures that he thought he could exploit. And I don't know, uh, Yardley, if you remember, but in the book, I, I'm, I think it's Shadow that goes into Mr. Town's mind. Um, and so Shadow all of a sudden knows a lot about Mr. Town. Um, and, and there was some real interesting sort of dynamics that happened along that score. But this made it feel like there was something to explore. I, I like the way that they did it because it was a little bit different. It gave us a fuller, not just understanding of who Shadow is, but it also gave us some interesting clues about how to uh, get to Shadow, which I, I liked, right? Because we haven't seen a whole lot of that yet. Yeah, absolutely. Just an episode away from, you know, me kind of mentioning that, uh, you know, Shadow's, you know, still up to this point, you know, uh, other characters are being written to be a little bit more interesting. I think that, that this episode and some of the things that um, that they did in it is kind of getting me on a path of thinking that that character, uh, there's a lot more that we're going to learn about the character, you know, because pre, uh, prior to this episode, uh, for the most part, the char character has been um, pretty generic because we start off with him basically getting out of jail. But You know what I mean? So like a hard right. part of his was already knocked out before we even really started the story. But um, my fingers are crossed that as we go on, uh, they'll unpack a little bit more because I think that the character of Shadow Moon for TV deserves it. And, and, and Ricky Whittle deserves to, to get a little bit of shine, a little bit more shine this season, I should say. Yeah. So yeah. Uh, j just as sort of a, 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 a note, a side note to some of this, one of the things that has always been interesting about the way that they've chosen to sort of bring forward the idea of who the gods are and what they're doing is is sort of show and not tell so much. And although there is some heavy uh, narrative exposition going on in some places, one kind of diversion from that in this episode is when shadow is talking as a kid when shadow is talking about 
what his experience is up to that point or with things now like as we see shadow sort of go through the big trauma of his life which was his mom dying what's interesting to me is they really showed a progression of shadow being sort of not happy-go-lucky but far more easygoing to being very upset very quickly to him responding in a way that was he's upset but what does he do when he's upset he goes and he saves somebody like i feel like that was important what did you agree Mm-hmm. Yeah, yeah. I, th- really- I, th- I think that the, I think that the way that they set that up, Jen, I have a feeling that something similar to that is going to come full circle a little bit later on in the season. Yeah, I think so too. Mm-hmm. So, okay, so we've we've I feel like we've done a pretty good uh, in depth exploration of Beguiling Man for the moment. Um, I do. I, I would really like to just say one more thing about this episode before we leave, and that is the. When you look at the overall how they're planning to unpack the war, uh, the the sacrifice that Odin made of his car on the railroad tracks, I just didn't want that to go by without us sticking a pin in that for the next time because, boy, that was a really important piece. Odin getting his spear is a big deal. So maybe next time we'll see exactly what happened since they cut away so abruptly at the end. Mm-hmm. <laughs> Save a little money. We'll see. <laughs> so, uh, so having said that, uh, Kinte, how can people get you on social media? They can get me by going to uh, Twitter, Kinte F K I N T E F or uh, Kinte Ferguson, K I N T E F E R G E R S O N on Instagram, and of course the website is indyradio.org. That's i n d y radio.org. And Yardling, how can people get you? You can follow me on Twitter at militant underscore marker. And you can find me on Twitter at following bliss one or join me at moviesmakethemeal.com and criticallaughs.com. And until next week, we'll see you for Talking American Gods. My life is like a browser with 25 open tabs. I have kind of a constantly plugged in thing. Any interruption could jeopardize the whole operation. So I got my internet service from AT&T. Because their customers rated their service number one in reliability over cable. For $40 a month, I can get up to 100 megabits per second internet, so I can stay up to date on the latest stuff going on in my world. It's soothing to know AT&T Internet is rated number one in reliability over cable. It helps me maintain my low-stress thing. AT&T Internet customers rank their service number one in reliability over cable. Switch and get up to 100 megabits per second for $40 a month. Limited availability may not be available in your area. Check eligibility at att.com slash internet. AT&T. More for your thing. That's our thing. New approved customers only. Includes internet plans 10 to 100 megabits per second. Early termination fee and other charges and restrictions apply. Speeds not guaranteed and may vary. Claim based on 2018 ACSI survey of customers rating their own internet provider's performance and reliability of speed and service consistency. The big wireless companies sold you an outdated plan tied to long-term contracts and mystery fees. Simple Mobile's different. You get a lightning-fast 4G LTE nationwide network with no contract ever. And keep the phone and number you love. Just text the word BYOP to 611611 to see if your phone is compatible. Simple Mobile. Out with the old, in with the simple. Standard text message and data rates may apply based on your mobile phone service. Please refer always to the privacy policy at simplemobile.com slash privacy policy and the terms and conditions at simplemobile.com slash terms and conditions.